step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With uh, Rick Scott. And, uh, and I've been... Oh. Here we go. Oh. Here we All go. Right. <laughs> if it's smooth jazz, then the jazz queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. With the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the Jazz Queen. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. It is Sunday, August 9th, 2020. Um, welcome to the show, everyone. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com and click on the link under Christian Damasonis picture, the little red bar link there, and that will bring you into the chat room where you will be joined by Joshin um, in Germany. Hey, Joshin, good to see you again, as always. The phone number here is 646-716-5485, 646-716-5485. We welcome your phone calls with any questions and or comments for my guest today, basis Christian Day, Day Masonis. Am I saying that right, Christian? Oh, yes, you are. You got it right. Congratulations. I feel very, very special. I feel oh, fantastic. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so my guest today is bassist Christian Damasonis. He's been playing the bass for over 40 years in a variety of genres, including heavy metal and rock. His solo debut release, They Call Me Big New York, is a collection of Latin, funk, soul, and rhythm and blues-infused original smooth jazz compositions. Christian, after 10 years, welcome to Talking <laughs> 10 years of hard work just for you to give me a moment's time out of your busy, busy schedule. You do not understand, Terry. And I have, I have followed you from the very beginning, back in the day when I had Groove School Band in 2010, when I, I played Lake Arbor Jazz and Blues Alley with Groove School, and I was deep, I was very, very well connected with a great friend of yours, um, Ron Jackson from the Smooth Jazz Ride. And I used to ask Ron, I used to say, Ron, how come I can't get a hold of Terry? I send her messages. I I call her. I email her. I go on a. She doesn't. She does. She don't. She hasn't even friended me. She won't even accept my Facebook friend request. Oh my gosh! For shame! For shame! Everybody for knows shame. your name now. Terry. For shame! I hold my head down low. And I am ashamed And I owe you a huge apology I'm so sorry <laughs> Oh no no it's, a, it's not about It's really not about that For me being on your show Is uh, a sign Of a lot of great things Happening A lot of hard work That has finally opened A bunch of new doors That I've been uh, scratching the surface uh, Trying my best to open So 
Um, I, I really, really greatly appreciate it. Now, I am on your – while I'm talking to you on my phone, I'm actually on my iPad, and I'm on TalkingSmoothJazz.com, and I'm trying to find where – what, how do I how do I see the chat room? I, I mean, um, oh, you have help to me click out here, on, You have to click on the red banner on your picture, on the carousel, um, the slideshow. Okay, the, the listen live, join the chat. Okay, I just yes. see it right now. I see it. Okay, okay. all right. Okay. So now, now and I am. Yes, yeah, it's taking me to the. Okay. It's take so do I have to sign in to this blog talk radio thing? You don't have to. What happened is you will appear as a guest in the chat room. Um if you want to appear, you know, under your name then you would have to sign um set up an account. Yeah, but otherwise it's not required. You just show up as a guest in the chat room. Okay. Well, I think I'm in. Hey, you know, um, I'm, I was born in '61, so I've got uh, dinosaur <laughs> dinosaur DNA. So I'm trying my best. I just I just want to okay. be able to respond to anybody who who is um, with us today. So I'm doing my best okay. here. Okay. Oh my God, that was so funny. I'm still laughing at that. That was hilarious. All righty. So. Um, <laughs> Um, I want to start, Christian, with how you got the name Big New York. That only happened because I left New York. And uh, because I left New York in 95, I, I, I moved from New York in 95 to Richmond, Virginia, to work um, at my brother's record store chain. We had a store chain called Willie's Records that started in Richmond, Virginia, but branched out all the way to, to – um, to Charlotte, um, to you know, we we had about 18 stores in two years. We were the biggest, fastest growing urban record retail store chain in America, and uh, you know, and I think coming from New York and going to the, to the South, you know, and by the way, Richmond has always been a second home to me. Uh, they they're really really good to me. Everybody in Richmond I have great memories with. Uh, um, the folks in Richmond, and uh, that's pretty much how I got my name. Some some funny dude, a co-worker of mine in the record store was like, everybody give it up for big New York, and that was it. It just mm-hmm. took, it just took, it took like white on rice, just wouldn't leave yeah. me, wouldn't leave me alone. Even my mom call, like, prefers to call me. You would think your mother, your own mother would want to call you by your your, your birth name, but she doesn't, man. She goes, oh, it's the big New Yorker on the phone, everybody. Hey. I'm like, okay. Okay, that's me, the big New Yorker. Okay. That's funny. Are you an only child? No, no I have a brother, brother and, and sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm the baby. Right. I'm the baby in the family. Oh. Okay, baby. All right. <laughs> So I mentioned that you've been playing for over 40 years. Um, what? Why did you choose the guitar over bass? I'm sorry, why no, did you I'm, choose the bass over guitar? Bass over guitar. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, you know what? I, it's weird. I, I really, all I have to tell you with that is that uh, I was kind of searching for a musical outlet. Um, I always was a fan of music and um 
Uh, I was fortunate enough. You know, uh, Terry, the great thing about getting older and and living longer on this planet is that we can go back as far as our earliest memories and remember what music was to us. And for me, um, you know, music, uh, my mom used to give me like, you know, chain, pocket change, and I would go uh, you know, in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, I'd go to on Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn and go to the local record store shop and and buy 45s. And you know, and you know, the, today's audience. I mean, if you were born after what 1990, you don't even know what a 45 is anymore. So, um, if, yeah. So for whatever reason, um, I tried drums in the very beginning. I wasn't good at it, and then I just left music alone as far as trying to learn an instrument, and then. What happened in high school was I, I went to my first concert, my first rock concert, and uh, I was in the front row and I saw uh, Kiss. And uh, for whatever reason, the isolated, distorted bass tone of Gene Simmons um, stood out for the first time. Like it, I, I actually heard the bass instrument. And I think, I, I mean, I'm assuming right now, but I think a lot of your listeners would be like, how you know why why wouldn't you say Larry Graham or something like that and or you know um, but the reason you know Larry and Stanley and all these great bass players kind of came after the fact that Gene Simmons was the one who opened the door for me as far as the bass isn't that crazy it's crazy wow yeah now are you yeah. self-taught yeah. um, I was in the beginning but I did go to school I went to a school in Hollywood California. That was very, very unique, one of a kind uh, kind of curri- um, curriculum and environment. Uh, it was called Base Institute of Technology, and I went there right after high school in 1979. And basically, what it was was kind of like a four-year um, Berkeley kind of uh, you know program, and, and it was like fit into a one-year thing. Uh, you know, and um, I was surrounded by some of the greatest musicians of that time. Some of them were my instructors, actually. So uh, I have to say that, you know, I learned a lot in the one year of being in that school. And then I went on my own and, and took from whatever knowledge I learned in that one year. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, you know, I, I spoke about this last night, actually. I was in an interview that, by the way, you were so kind. It tells me a lot about your personality that you actually tuned in to this other interview I was on in Melbourne, Australia last night. I saw your yeah. name in the chat room, and I was very impressed. Let me tell you, Queenie, queen of soul, queen of jazz, the queen of rock and roll, whatever you call yourself. <laughs> You're a good part. You're you are a good person. I like I like that, you know. And that's what I t- I was telling him the same kind of story that you know, um, it just uh, how this all of this how this all uh, is universal. How music is universal and how we uh, we aspire to um, create our own stories through um, through music. Right, right. So the this base institute of technology, this is a four year program, but you were only there for one year. No, no, it's it was a one year program, that, and base, but they basically took the the approach of a four year curriculum and, yeah. and and squashed squashed it into one year. So 
Uh, you know, and the the instructors that were there are all legendary. I had uh, Tommy Tedesco was one of my instructors, Pat Martino, um, who is really considered to be the, the the godfather of jazz guitar. You know, he's one of the last living legends, and I hope he sticks with us for another ten, twenty years because he's uh, his story is incredible. But he was one of the reasons why I graduated from the place in the first place, and. Um, and another thing, and I, 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 you just remind, reminded me when I was speaking last night, that um, a lot of my style, my my slap style, was developed because of meeting um, Lewis Johnson from the Brothers Johnson, um, mm-hmm. and Abraham Laboriel, and um, and also uh, Tim Bogart. Uh, you know, who's a rock, who, who was really famous back in the, I guess he made it famous in the late 60s with um, his band Vanilla Fudge, and then he played with Jeff Beck for years, and he's been in a lot of projects. But, yeah, that shaped, that pretty much shaped me. There's no doubt about it. One year shaped me a lot. And you were 18 when you attended uh, this technology, the Space Institute of Technology? You were 18 years old? I was 18, Yep. Were you the youngest to graduate? I was one of the youngest to graduate, and I was in the second class. I always thought that I was in the first graduating class because the school wasn't that old at that time. It started in 76, and it started only as a guitar um, you know, platform. It was called Guitar Institute of Technology, GIT. And then they slowly progressed the second here they i guess they created bass and they went on to create P, pit which is and kit which is keyboard and percussion and then a company bought them out um and now they're still around but they're under the moniker musicians institute that is that's how you find them if you google musicians institute they're still in hollywood they're not in the same building that i was in but they're, I still believe they're on Sunset Boulevard. I was on the building that I went to was on Hollywood Boulevard, and um, I was really a stone throw uh, away from Grauman's Chinese Theater and the Hollywood Bowl, which uh, pretty much I, I learned how to drive a car in the Hollywood Bowl parking lot. Believe it or not, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, mm-hmm. 18 years old. Tell me, can you imagine what it would be like to be far from home at 18? Pretty awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. So what did yeah. you, what did you do career wise? How did your after you left the base institute of technology? How did you um, how did your career get started after that? I immediately took a gig that was offered to me. Um, it, I didn't know it was going to be a contracted gig. I, you know, it, it was a uh, opportunity to play the military circuit in Hawaii and on the island of Oahu. And um, it was my first professional gig because, and I say professional because I got paid a salary and I, mm-hmm. I did about three, three nights a week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, five sets a night. I think the last set was two o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. um, I, I made, you know, I, I made a living and that was my first taste of, of being a professional and that was 1981, 1980, 19, late 80, early 81. Okay. And so I mentioned earlier in the intro that you've played a variety of musical styles, including metal and hard rock. So which one of those came first? Um, well, 
I've been a, you know, I'm a, I really consider my DNA to be uh, hard rock, heavy metal. And when people hear that, they, some people get it, but a lot of people don't who only kind of grew up on R&B and funk and, and even jazz. And they, they don't see the um, connection, man. But, you know, um, I was a rocker and this, the music I was playing in at that time on that gig uh, was uh, hard rock covers and uh, you know and what's funny about that reality now I'm not sure Terry if you're familiar with this movie called uh, This Spinal Tap are you familiar with that movie? No Okay this was a movie that was made it was actually a parody about a, a mock hard rock heavy metal band and um, it it, it it really mir- mirrored my life back then because we, I remember actually playing to uh, a showcase of a bunch of rowdy military personnel and all, all they wanted us to play were the typical classic rock hits of that time. Uh, they wanted us to play the Tom Petty songs and the Leonard Skinner songs and all that. And we were like, we were playing heavy metal. We were playing Judas Priest and, uh, you're a you're a big Black Sabbath fan, Terry, right? I know you do. You, you're a big uh, you like um, hard rock, Terry. Mm, um, f- no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> not saying. Oh, I got you. I I told you be prepared, Terry. I'm going to send you zingers. I'm not going to send you. All right, so so you are going to have fun with me because I'm going to introduce you to a whole another world. It's going to be like we're going to be on that magic carpet ride in Aladdin, a whole new world. It's really going to going to blow your mind. But yes, I was playing hard rock and heavy metal, and um, I'm going to I'm going to quiz you at the end of our interview on remembering some of the bands that I, and the music that I played. So remember. Judas Priest. Remember that name, Judas Priest. I used to play Judas Priest songs. Yes, remember that. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned Judas Priest. Now Maxwell plays with Judas Priest. Were were you guys playing together? Maxwell, who the singer Maxwell? Yeah. Who? No, he no. You. Oh, I'm gonna get you now, girl. Am I okay, thinking about who what? am I thinking about? You're thinking about Maxie Priest. Maxie Priest, okay. Well, Maxie Priest is, and you know who else plays with Maxie Priest? Another one of your friends, uh, JJ San Severino. Yes. 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 Guitarist. Yes. 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 Yeah. No. 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 But I'm I'm gonna let you off the hook because I realize that you don't have a, a hard rock um, background. So whoever's listening to you right now, their minds are are being blown. It, it's they're being exploded because they're probably like, why is Terry talking to this guy? But believe me, I have, I've got some great stories. So yes. So that was the beginning of my career. That was me making a salary, making a living, playing hard rock music. And I did go further with that. I actually went on to, um, I was in a band called twice shine the eighties that, um, was surrounded by the big, big hard rock names of, of the eighties, the, the MTV generation of, uh, hard rock. So, yeah. So that's my background. So what drew you to smooth jazz? When I was in the record stores, um, at Willie's records, we played four kinds of music. 
we played basically hip hop was what our bread and butter was. So we would do in stores with people like Jay Z and 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 you know big names in the hip hop world. Um, and um, you know, for me, I didn't, I really didn't relate to hip hop naturally. It, you know, I I dug the bass and drums of it, but I didn't really relate to it. Um, but you know, what I did relate to as far as the urban music scene was, I loved gospel. I, I loved especially bands uh, like the Sensational Nightingales and the Canton Spirituals and Luther Barnes and, and, and really the home Southern style gospel, you know, but I mean, Oh my God, I, I can listen to that music all day. So, so I, I, Related to that, and I also related to smooth jazz, which we played in the stores. We played in, we played smooth jazz in the stores in the morning time and on the weekends. Um, okay. So, yeah, so that's okay. how I I gravitate gravitated as as a musician. You know, I I felt like heavy metal and hard rock was just wasn't offering enough for me anymore, um, and uh, I I just had to keep on pushing. And and go further with uh, with what my calling was, and I had no idea that smooth jazz and and funk and 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 Latin music were were going to really come out of me like like they have, you know. Uh, uh, if you would have met me in '79 and said, "Do you know in you know, 40 years of your future you're going to be on a talk show with Terry Scott, the Queen of Jazz, talking about smooth jazz?" I'd be like. You must be doing drugs or something. You come on, please. No way. But yeah, but, uh, yeah. but it's true. It's true. It's true. So Josh in Germany in the chat room says, I see we are close to renaming the show Talking Heavy Metal. <laughs> I don't think He's so, Josh. He's hey, Josh, man, that's right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Play some, uh, look in your vinyl and see if you've got some Scorpions. He's from Germany, man. He's got to have some Scorpion records. <laughs> also, let me welcome to the chat room, Cool Jazz Cafe. He says to tell Christian it's Dave Oz. So welcome to the chat, uh, to the show, Cool Jazz uh, Cafe, Dave Oz. Happy to have you. Hey Dave, thank you for being here. Um, I am on the page, but I don't see you because I'm obviously not doing whatever I'm doing. I'm not doing right. Uh, but thank you, you know Terry. Please, you know anybody who's in the chat room, definitely let me know who they are so I can yes. say hello. Um, and David is uh, a friend of mine and plays my music. I'm very appreciative of, of people like Dave and of course you, Terry. Like I said, I've been a fan of yours, Terry. For ten long years, he's never gonna let me live this one down. <laughs> Not, uh, could you imagine? It's like me knocking on your door, you know, like knock, knock, knock. Can I come in? Can I come in? And you like call the police? Call. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Ollie um, J is popped into the chat room as well. Hey, Ollie, good to see you. Thank you for joining us. All right, let's get into some music. Let's talk about this CD, which I am loving. Um, they call me Big New York. So tell me about this, and we'll get into some music. Okay. Um, the the CD actually is a seven-year journey for me. Um, I started uh, back in 2013, which was uh, – 
I guess the end of Groove School, we departed, and uh, Groove School was a band I, I really put a lot of heart and soul into, and I was hoping that we were going to make a difference and, and make our mark, you know, and um, it didn't stick together. I had some great musicians with me, by the way, um, in that band. I had Laurie Williams um, with mm-hmm. me, who sang who sang on the album and who performed with Groove School a number of shows, and... Um, you know, and, uh, you know, so anyway, the band, uh, you know, went their own way, and uh, I found myself having to start over. So I, I went to my brother-in-law, who, who produced the Groove School record, Limited Edition, and I asked him, I said, uh, I don't know what to do, man, but, you know, uh, what can we, you know, are you interested about, you know, writing some music with me? And he had a bunch of tracks, and uh, from the tracks that he made, uh, I picked certain songs that you know I thought that we can build on together, and uh, the first the first one was Good Old Days, and uh, Good Old Days uh, had a really cool swing, a, so kind of like a slanky kind of vibe to it at first. Um, what you hear on the album is the tempo s- sped up uh, a, a few beats per minute. But the original version was a little slower and more like a it just it just had a um a laid back version to it and um I released it independently and I, I i put it out there and I did get some love from it um and then i I kept on pushing on i released um my next song was Latin Jive Redux that came out in two thousand seventeen and that did very well for me and then the following was spirit. And uh, and then uh, throb and so I already had what four four or five recorded songs already for the album, mm-hmm. so um, so I, I told my brother-in-law I said let's you know let's finish it let's try to finish this project and get it done in 2019 was the goal you know um, I, and it took me really it took me longer than expected because I was hoping to have it done by 2000 and, and the whole album by 2018. Um, but you know you can't force God's plan, right? So whatever the yeah. So um, the album is is really I'm very very really proud of it. I mean, uh, it's everything everything that I I really wanted um, the world to hear about. You know how I, I how I digested these memories of music in my soul and and the extensions and how they. Uh, permeated, you know, into these really 10 individual kind of, you know, I mean, the influences there are, are a little scattered, but Terry, you should, uh, I have a question for you, Terry. Now you said you listened to the whole album. Yes. Um, were you able, were you able to, to enjoy the album with a, like, did you feel that there was a flow entire album or did you feel, and you know, how'd you feel about that? I love the CD. I love the album. And you mentioned Good Old Days, so I'm going to play that one first because that song is everything for me. That is the jam. That's my jam, Good Old Days. And I posted that on my Facebook page. That I love that song. But I love the CD. Um, I also like Sweet Night. I love um, uh, Miss Galen's voice on that. She has a beautiful voice. So I definitely want to play that one as well. Yeah, gorgeous voice. And um, Spirit, I love Spirit. Um, Throb and uh, Big Talk. I mean, I love the CD. It's, it's, this, this is one of those CDs where I have a hard time picking what to play, you know. 
Um, but Good Old Days definitely is a favorite of mine. So I'm going to go ahead and play that. But I, you have to tell me about Rob because he is killing it on the saxophone. Well, you know, I met Rob, Rob Malatek, um, who you're going to hear more about this year because he is um, he's actually has a single that's coming out, uh, produced, by, I believe, by Preston Glass, I think, um, is his producer who works with Kenny G and the like. And uh, so I'm excited. I think that song is coming out at the beginning of the year. Um, and uh, I think the world is going to know more about Rob. But Rob Malatek was the first musician that I met when I moved from Richmond to come up to Washington, D.C., because I, I moved from, so to follow my, my origin, I left 95 from New York to Richmond, and then in, from Richmond to Washington, D.C., I left in 2000, and I took a job in, the, in another record store company called Kent Mill, and uh, Rob was promoting his album, it was his first album, and he was promoting it, and he performed some of the songs in store in downtown D.C. on F Street. And I actually asked him, I said, can we do a little jam together? You know, and I'll bring him a little bass amp and whatever. And, I mean, he was gracious enough. He didn't know who I was. He didn't, he didn't check out my credentials. He could have really, really given me a hard time and said no. But um, he allowed me to play with him, and we've been friends since. And uh, he is going to be on all of my records i hope i mean i you know yeah. i just i just love i love him i love him great person great great yeah. person yeah. if you're just tuning in to talking smooth jazz my guest today is bassist Christian Day Masonis. His new release is called They Call Me Big New York. If you'd like to call in with a question or a comment for Christian, the phone number is 646-716-5485. 646-716-5485. From the CD, this is Good Old Days.
Man, that is the jam right there. That is Good Old Days from Christian Damasonis' new release, They Call Me Big New York. Um, Josh in the chat room said, I like that, and for a hard rocker, that's smooth like a lullaby. Oh, man, thank you very much. Very much. Uh, I was just about to say, did you, um, I was going to ask you, Terry, did you hear the heavy metal influences in Rob's uh, sax playing? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, no. You. Okay. You didn't hear so, that, did you? Go ahead. No. 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 Who else is playing on this record? On on Good Old Days. Eddie Bacchus Jr., who's a good friend of mine, also Eddie. Eddie actually gets co-writing credit on his song because he wrote the. The bridge melody, that ba ba da ba da, yes. and um, the re- yeah, and the remastered version. I actually have that higher in the mix, um, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll I'll put out that remastered version this year. Um, I probably don't think I'll do a radio promo on it. I think I'll just send it as a gift to uh, my followers or something like that as an extra song. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. But uh, who else? Oh, you know uh, Jay Jones, who lives in the uh, DMV area. He he played live drums on that. I also had Mike Gamble, who is a local uh, DMV guitar player and a great great friend of mine. Uh, he played on on that track. And the one and only Elliot Levine, who. Um, mm. In my opinion, if you don't know who Elliot is, he is a very charismatic keyboardist out of the Baltimore area that has played with uh, so many people. I guess he's really popular playing with uh, Heatwave. He's been a uh, keyboardist for Heatwave uh, for the last, I guess, five years or so. So, um, yeah, those are the guys. Okay. Those are some of the cats. You know, okay. Terry, I've got twenty. I've got twenty-five artists on my album. You know I believe that? that. I'm looking at the list of, of – I'm looking at a partial list of artists, so I believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe that. So I want to get into the next song, Sweet Night, which is another favorite of mine. Um, uh, the vocals are done by Deborah Gale, and, and she has a, such a beautiful voice. Tell me about this song. You know, that song um, has an interesting backstory because it was a song that was originally started as a track that my uh, brother-in-law and producer, Christopher Valentine, came up with. And we worked on that song um, for a long time. I I actually wrote the melodies to the song, and I had a a weird vision about the song. I almost thought of it as a movie at first. and uh, it, it, and I got the the inspiration for the song from a movie I saw called The Shape of Water, which yes, was oh uh, you, yeah. uh, you saw it so yes yeah, yeah. so, uh, so I dug my my idea of the song was like um, an aquatic lover so to speak like someone somebody falls in love with um, you know somebody underwater or whatever and they take them away to a new world something like a fantasy thing like that so. When I presented that song uh, to Deborah, um, she didn't relate to that. So uh, I told her to. I told her that it had to be. The lyrics have to have um, uh, uh, words of hope, uh, words of mm-hmm. love, words of of of, of commitment. Um, you know things like that from from there. And so she wrote the lyrics 
to the song and kind of changed up my original melody a little bit. And um, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I've told this to her, and I've told it to many people. I did not like the song. To me, um, it was my least favorite song on the album. I didn't want to put it out. Um, Deborah kept on asking me um, to please continue forward with the songs. And last but not least, what happened, how the song really made it was two things. One, my wife told me, you know what, the, the rhythm of this song, there's something wrong with the rhythm of the song and why it doesn't work. And we actually had it more like a, um, it, it, it almost sounded like the version, the original version was more techno, actually, kind of. It had mm-hmm. a, um, a, a faster rhythm. And so my wife said, why don't, don't you know that song by Maze, Golden Time of Day, you know? Is that the title, by Maze, Golden you know, Time of Day? I think so. That uh-huh. song? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so I researched that song, and I felt the pulse of that song, and I asked my percussion player, Curtis, to change the rhythm. And so it was a combination, really, of that and uh, and and really – what my brother did to put it all together because the final version had all of these new ideas on it and also had uh, something that I really, really liked, which was the, um, the flute playing at the end, which is uh, mm-hmm. by a, uh, I really love the sound of the flute and uh, Arch Thompson, who is a local DMV musician in this area uh, provided that. And, and now I'll tell you one last secret, and then you could play the song. The ending of that song, so after the, the vocals are done, the whole outro of that song, do you know originally it was all bass? Okay. It was just, it was like four or five layers of bass guitar, bass playing the rhythm, the chords, the melodies, everything. And I was pretty uh, taken back by it because I was like, oh, my God, I, this is really cool. You know, I mean, not, not everybody's going to hear this only bass players are going to be able to pick up on all these little intricate parts that I was weaving in the song. But my my brother really, really did a great job on it, and it finally made it. And you know what? I guess uh, I'm glad it finally made it because people like you like people you know um, relate to it, and that's what it's all yeah. about. It's a nice, it's a nice song. Uh, Deborah Galen has a beautiful voice, and so the song is called "Sweet Night," and here it is.
Good Old Days featuring Deborah Galen on vocals. And uh, Josh in the chat room says, beautiful. I like that voice. I totally agree. I'm glad you put that on the CD. It's really nice. I have to correct you. You mean it's called Sweet Night, not Good Old Days. Sweet Night. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say good old days? My apologies. Sweet yes. night. Yes. Okay, sweet, sweet night. night. Cool. Yes. yes. Um, I'm glad that you related to the song. I, um, like I, I said, uh, I'm just glad that it came out. And out of all the songs on the album, that was actually the very, that was the toughest and hardest song to actually accomplish. Yeah, I think you would think that the other ones might have been more of a challenge, but that one was really, really tough. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. So now, listen, Christian, we have 14 minutes left. I want to know if you can hang for at least maybe another 30 minutes because I have some more questions. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm yours. You know, while you were playing that, um, uh, you know, talk, uh, um, Blog Talk Radio has, uh, uh, they have something against me because I used to belong to this uh, platform years ago, and I must have lost my password or whatever. So I tried to get into this chat room like three different times, and I'm probably going to have to ask my wife to uh, to help me once we get off, and uh, I'm going to have to reestablish my my relationships with uh, Blog Talk Radio so I can actually have a profile. And uh, I could start delving into your episodes because I'm looking in here and it says that you have 725 episodes. I think it's more than that, actually. I've been doing this for 12 years, so I think it's more than that. But um, who knows? This is how Block Talk keeps track of everything, but I believe it's more. Um, that, not much that more, is but really... I believe it's more. You know, I remember a while ago that you I think you put out a post on Facebook and you were expressing concerns whether or not you were going to carry on doing this. Is that correct? Do yes. I remember something like that? Yeah. Right, okay. Yes. And and I remember I'm pretty sure I I responded uh, in a post to that stay uh saying that you can't give up that you know you can't don't give this up. I mean for whatever you have to do, because, it, you know, you're really um, uh, a warrior um, when you think about it, because all of us who love this music, we're really getting very, very little support um, from, from uh, you know, from the areas where you would think we'd get more support of. We, we're almost like, you know, um, we're on our own, so to speak, ever since the, the format, the CD 101.9 smooth jazz format ended back, you know, we were all scattered, and um, it, even though it gave us that opportunity to, to to create our own platforms like you have, we really need people like you. Otherwise, what's going to happen is it's going to be just very, very, very few people who are going to fly the flag of instrumental music, mm-hmm. and um, it may actually die out as an art form. It may you 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 may actually see it die out, which is scare, a scary thing. It's the worst, uh, worst. Yeah. So thank you, yeah. thank you for, um, thank you for being the queen. I'm gonna have to come up with a new. I'm gonna write a song called the Cleo, uh, Urban Cleopatra, or something like that, man. I have to think it. I gotta think of something, man. You know, I'm gonna think of something and dedicate it to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that, Christian. Thank you very much. Yes, there, there was a time when I seriously thought about retiring the show. Um, because sometimes I get burnt out, just to be honest with you. You know, sometimes I get burnt out. And But when I see an artist release a CD or I think, oh, I want to interview this person, then I can't retire because I want to interview this person. So yeah. we'll see. 
Yeah. So now you've been in this business for over 40 years. Is there like a crazy, crazy story that you can share? Oh, I've got so many. I don't know. Try to help me out and give me a give me a direction. What what okay. what, uh, what kind of story? Let's see. How about something that happened on stage? Oh, um, the funniest thing for me was what happened at, at Capital Jazz. Capital Jazz. I made my debut with Groove School at the Cap- Capital Jazz competition back in uh, 2006. And who was on that stage with me were people who I, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with. I had, um, I went up against the Reagan White side. I went up against um, Ken Ford. I went up against Matt Marshak. Mm. And and I'm uh, I went up against a band called Sound Doctrine. And mm-hmm. uh, out of out of all these people, I know that Reagan, Reagan, by the way, won that competition. Um, and uh, my ju- our judge was Kirk Whalen. So, so we were the the guinea pigs of that competition because we immediately were thrown in for, uh, as coming on first. And as you already know, if you're in a competition and you're first, you're you really have a lot to prove because they don't even have the sound system or the levels yet. You know, so um, we went on. We lost that competition, but. What happened on stage was I split my pants. Oh I bent, no! I, I bent over. I bent over and split my pants, and I couldn't turn. I, I always like to like look at my drummer when I'm playing, or you know, it, it, I, I really like to take as much space as possible. And back in those days, I would. I really wasn't sitting on a stool. If you, if you've seen any of my YouTube videos, um, I sit on a stool. I sit on a stool two reasons. One, because I have a horrible back. I've, um, I suffer from herniated disc and sciatica, and um, it's really messed me up in the past. And uh, so in order for me to perform live, I have to actually space how long I stand up. But back then, in 2006, I didn't have those issues. So I would jump around on stage, and uh, I jumped around and split my pants, man, and I was wearing get this Terry I was wearing uh, tidy whities um, with blacks with black slacks right you can't I learned the lesson that they never wear white underwear with black pants okay so so um, you know, the, the, the people in the front audience knew what was going on because you know my wife was in the front audience and I'm like looking at it and I'm like with my mouth you know wording I split my pants I split my pants and she was like oh my god and um so the guy, there were guys next to her, and they were going, please don't turn around. Please don't turn around. They were joking at me, you know. So um, that was pretty funny, actually. I, that, that's one of my funniest things I could think of as far as a live situation. Yes, that's funny. Okay, and what has been the highlight of your career? God, that's a tough question. That's really a tough question because um, – Personally speaking, I I really, really felt um, that I just kept on scratching at the surface, trying to get people's attention with my music and my vision, and really not having the doors open for me. And so uh, I just kept on pushing and pushing. And then, um, of course, as far as something of uh, accomplishment, 
at first, I always thought that playing with Roberta Flack back in 2000 in front of 30,000 uh, people, yeah, that I couldn't beat that. That that was like, you know, that was like really a top. I mean, because to me, 30,000 people means that I played in front of a bigger audience than a sold-out show at Madison Square Garden. So I was... I really, really thought that was a big deal, you know. Um, but I have to say now looking back that the biggest deal is definitely the fact that so many people are responding to my album, and I really dig that Jazz's Magazine is giving me a spotlight, um, and Dave Koz is giving me a spotlight on his show. And even though, you know, they don't play my music on watercolors, uh, I think they think I'm, I'm too urban or I'm too eclectic, whatever the reasons are, you know. Um, I'm really, really happy that I've, I've reached this pinnacle in my career. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm thankful. Are you working with um, with someone, you know, like a, a, with someone to help you get your music out to radio? I, uh, I've, I've hired um, reputable names in the business. I've hired um, Adam Leibovitz uh, yeah. um, for the West Coast. I've hired the last one I've hired was Jason Goroff. Um, I, I'm familiar with all all the names. I, I know them. Some of them are, are I have relationships with. Some of them I don't. Um, and Jason Goroff really made a big difference for me. You know. Um, yeah. and, and I know a lot of people also invest in Sandy Shore and her platform. You know. So, um, you know, through Jazz Global, you know, you, you've got a lot of players out there, Terry. You yeah. Know, and um, yeah, a lot of players and also a lot of uh, a lot of cheese. You've got to you got to grill that cheese, man. You got to make that double stack, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you said when the New York Jazz Station went off the air, all the stations followed after that. It was like a domino effect. I remember that. I remember that like it was yesterday because I was in shock. I was like, oh my gosh! And then they all just started shutting down, and it, to me, that was just like a blow to the genre. You know, and and for for the artists especially, and now, um, very few jazz stations are out there, if any. And the college station, like our station here in Vegas, the college we had a twenty four seven jazz college station, and then they flip formats, and so now we have we don't have a a twenty four seven jazz station anymore, and um, and the genre is just being hit hard. And now with this COVID thing going on, and it you know, these venues having to close for months and some of them aren't even reopening. So that's not helping at all either. You know, so uh, I no, hate that. No, we're, yeah, I hate it too. I'm very concerned. Um, I mean, I, I know that, that there'll be plenty of people like us, like you and me that will continue to keep it alive. But uh, we do have the reality that once venues cannot afford to pay their, their light bills and their food bills and, and their workers and the insurance, once that is compromised, then you are going to be faced with the reality of what's happening now, which is the, the, the live streaming. And um, I, I've, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I've, I've done one Facebook live stream. It was in the comfort of my living room. I did it in my pajamas, my Batman pajamas, you know, um, and um, it, it was very, it, it was really warm and invitational. And I, I told stories and played some of these songs, um, you know, for the, for the Facebook um, audience. But 
unless you can really do this properly with a stage and lighting and um, entertainment level, I don't, uh, I just, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm just not the biggest fan of, of, of having to do that. I understand why people do it. And I understand that some people are making some kind of money. Some people are making donations, um, you know, but still, in my opinion, there's nothing greater than a live show, especially a live presentation. You know, I mean, that there's nothing better than that to me. So I don't know what to say. Yeah, I understand. I totally understand. All right. So I want to get into spirit. That's another favorite track of mine on this CD. Tell me about this one. Uh, this one was co-written by my brother, Christopher uh, Valentine, and really, when he presented the song to me, I, I, I thought it was almost complete. I was like, man, there's really nothing I can do to this. This is such a beautiful song, you know? Um, but he encouraged me, first of all, my family encouraged me to play the bass more as a lead instrument. And uh, I get, you know, I, I really, I don't know what it is, but my belief in my background, it might have something to do with me being a, a rocker, a classic rocker, you know, hard rocker, but uh, I've always thought that the bass should be a supporting instrument. Um, and so, and when I write my music, I, I put, when I come up with all my melodies, I usually give them to other instruments. I, I give them to the sax or the keyboards or even the flute, you know, or vocals. I mean, but I don't give them to me. And um, and uh, my brother was like, you really have to write a beautiful bass melody to this song. So um, I wrote the, the, the melody to the song. And um, the, the great thing about this was the timing, just because the song was actually created back in 2017. But um, I had an issue with my health, and uh, we had to put it put off releasing it, and we just left it in the vault, so to speak. And it took me about a year to get back to where I was, and um, and then we worked on it again. And when we did work on it again, um, I asked Eddie Bacchus Jr., who loved and was crazy about the song, and he was like, I have to play on it, I have to play on it. Yeah. I already had I already had Keith Anderson. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh, Keith L. Anderson, but he was my original uh, sax player on the on the Groove School Band project, and I include him on uh, on uh, recording endeavors. I still we're still friends. We've been friends for very very long, so I try to keep him involved in my my musical thing, my aspirations, and so. Uh, I had him play the melody first, and uh, and then I laid my melody. But then Eddie went on top of Keith's melody and added something that wasn't there before. And then we added strings at the very end. My brother Chris added those beautiful strings at the very end, and the song felt right. And uh, to me, it charted here in America at number 12 on Media Base. Um, I really believe um, that it should have went further. It did go higher on the holiday charts, but it didn't do anything on Billboard. And I was really discouraged about how this song did not make it to um, places like Watercolors and, and 
and music choice and the and the the platforms. I think even Pandora turned it down. So it, really interesting, Terry, on how people will acknowledge you or keep the door shut. And I didn't understand that with Spirit because I thought Spirit was such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. So uh, you, you know, yeah, thank you. So. You know, you could play it for your listeners and tell, you know, and uh, I'm interested to know what Josh thinks about it from my friend from Germany. I'm, I'm interested to know if he's still with us, if he's in the yes, chat he room. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. All right, Josh. You pressure, you're under pressure now, Josh. <laughs> All right. The song is called Spirit, and it is from bassist Christian Day Masonis' release. They call me Big New York.
Oh, what a beautiful song. That is Spirit from a Christian's They Be Released. They Call Me Big New York. Joshin in Germany says, very nice. <laughs> Thank you, Joshin. I appreciate that. Thank you. Such a beautiful song. Such a beautiful song. So now, do you teach bass? Do you have uh, um, students that you teach? I've been teaching bass for uh 20 years now, a little bit over, but uh, officially started when I moved to Washington, D.C. I, I had a job at, um, besides working in a record store, I had a job teaching at Mars Music um, in Springfield, Virginia. And um, I continue to teach at a location um, in Woodbridge at A to G Music, but they just closed down and they closed down their doors because of COVID. They're a direct, they were directly affected by COVID. So what I'm doing now is I am going through all my books and I mean, it's going to be somewhat of a process, but um, uh, I'm going to uh, start teaching online. I have one student that I teach online right now. And, um, you know, I I really haven't put any, uh, any attention into it, but I am writing some, some lesson plans for YouTube video clips and, you know, you, you've got a thing outside the box. There's no doubt about it. And I don't even know if I'm going – I don't know, Terry, if I'm going back to my day job. I've, I've been working uh, for Prince William County Schools for 15 years, and I'm really like three three years away from retirement. And um, uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it because uh, of COVID-19. I may not go back. So it's uh, it's it's really, really a weird time. It is. It really is. So now tell me about Bass Symphony. Is that part of the school? No, Bass Symphony was something that I started and I did actually because of the students that I had at that time at A to G Music. This was around 2007, 2008. I had about 15 to 20 uh, young students. And so I created a platform for them to play with a real band with professional musicians and I arranged songs and had them play in, in ensembles of three or four piece bass harmony. And, um, it was a great thing, but I did not continue with it. I've been told I should. Um, and you know what? I may, I may go back to it. I, I, I tell my wife about it, but it's, you know what, Terry, uh, honestly, everything happens for a reason. And sometimes I think that if one one of your goals goes on the shelf or whatever, something else is going to be produced. So it's an ebb and flow. So um, maybe I'll be able to concentrate on that, especially if I don't return to my day job, I'll uh, concentrate on, on more, more of that. But like, we don't know, Terry, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID-19. We're really, all we have to do is truly, we are waiting for a vaccine. And then, of course, once the vaccine is presented, we have to wait about a year after that to make sure there's no side effects, right? Exactly. So, I mean, so think about think about that. We have to start our timeline officially once a vaccine is presented to the public globally. You know, so yeah, yeah. the whole this whole yeah. thing and the uncertainty of it all is just too much. You know, it's just too much. Um, it is. All right, so. Let everyone know um, if they order the CD from your website, what can they expect? 
Well, uh, the CD that you ordered from my website, it's a, uh, I put a lot of love in the CD itself, in the production of it. It is a um, full-color eight-booklet CD that I'll personally autograph for you. Um, and uh, it, it it's really goes back to when we were making really good CDs. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of people kind of uh, started being tight, you know, and just putting out what you would call, what we like to call in the business, you know, uh, soft copies, which is uh, when you go to a, play, a place that runs off uh, digital copies for like a, a dollar a copy or less, you know. Uh, okay. But this one, but this is not that. This is um, a very well-produced, pack, very well-packaged uh, CD. And um, you'll get for $20, it's basically going to cost you $20, on my side directly. Now, if you don't feel comfortable about ordering for me directly, the only other way you can uh, get buy a uh, physical CD. Now, Amazon stocks them through my distributor, CD Baby. They only stock them at four copies at a time, and they sold out already. So I just sent them to Center Warehouse last week um, four more copies. And uh, so you can order it from there. Um, if you feel more comfortable, if you have an Amazon account, but if you order it directly from me, um, you know, I will sign it for you. I'll mail it for you. It will be bubble wrapped. Um, if you're in the States, it's 20. If you're in another country, it'll take longer and it'll cost more money. It costs 35 because uh, going to the post office and mailing anything um, you know, uh, to Europe is 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 longer and more expensive. You know, so just I, I put that out there because at first I was selling everything at twenty, and then when I went to the post office, it cost me fifty dollars. Oh, I made I didn't make any money on this. <laughs> so so yeah, so you know that's that's how you can get it. You can get it on my website. My website is uh, www.bignybaseworld, B-A-S-S, baseworld.com, or if you can't remember that, bignybase.com. I also have my name attached to it, but nobody I'm not going to expect everybody to remember how to spell my last name. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, if you, look, if you Google me up, you'll, find, you'll definitely be able to find it. And yes. you can always contact me via Facebook, inbox me. I use Facebook Messenger. If you're interested in, in, in ordering a copy and you have Cash App or Zelle or Venmo, um, I can give you that information personally. You know, um, The good thing about ordering from my website for me, though, is that I'm able to keep um, your emails in a file for me, and which means that when I release a remix that I'm not putting anything behind as far as promotional behind. I just want to give it to a fan who really loves the music. They'll get a version that nobody has. You know, I do stuff like that uh, for my fans. So, you know, okay. you know, I try to keep it interesting. I try to keep it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Do you have a favorite track on the CD? Yes, I do. And what is It that? is called, it's called Hispanica. Okay. So I will close the show with that. Tell me about this song. Anytime I write a song that has a Latin flavor to it, it's me um, talking to my father in the supernatural, always trying to um, trying to please him, you know. Um, so 
this song was written with him in mind. It was also written at a time when uh, I really personally felt that uh, the Hispanic community was really getting crapped on. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and I just really felt that the the whole situation with DACA and, and, and the dream the, you know dreamers um, uh, having to face deportation, having families being torn apart, children in, in cages, man, all of that made me um, ashamed of my country. Um, and I don't want to be I'm not going to get on a political soapbox with you, but at the time it really upset me. And so I wanted to write a song that would unify my uh, community. And uh, so I wrote the music to Hispanica, and, I, and then I presented it to Deborah Galan. Um, I, I already heard her live. I, know, I, I believed in her talents and her ability, and I thought she could deliver. And uh, she wrote the lyrics to that song. And uh, it's uplifting. It's uh, about the uh, Hispanic, uh, you know, journey. And... Uh, and I, I, I really, I don't know what to say, Terry. I, I'm just, I am so, so proud of that song. That's, that's really the best I can tell you. Yeah. And it's another beautiful track by Deborah. And she's also singing this in Spanish. So this, that makes it even, you know, better. Yeah. I agree. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, very nice. All right, so let everyone know where they can find you on social media. I am everywhere. Uh, if you Google, even if you Google, well, I don't know what's happening with Big New York. I think when you Google Big New York, sometimes it'll get to a travel agency or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you if you if you type in, if you can't remember my last name, if you just put Christian Big New York, it'll probably show up if you Google me. But I have. A Facebook page. I have multiple Facebook pages. I have a Twitter account. I have Big and Wide Base. Uh, I uh, I have Instagram, and uh, I'm a, my and my my Instagram account is my my full name Christian Damasonis. Uh, so, uh, you know, basically, I'm really my my favorite platform is Facebook. I've been. I pretty much have devoted all my energy into Facebook. I'm, I'm on all these platforms, but if you really want to get in touch with me, just inbox me on Facebook, and I will definitely respond to you. I also have a Facebook page called Big Big New York itself, and uh, so you can find me there. Okay. Awesome. Well, Christian, it has been such a pleasure talking to you, and hopefully it won't be another 10 years. <laughs> Before we get to chat again, but I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. And I just wanted to share before I go that um, being on your show to me is a cap, you know, a, a feather in my cap, so to speak. You have a great reputation. You've been doing things for the Smooth Jazz community for many, many years. You're surrounded by the shakers and the movers of this industry, uh, people that care about this music. Uh, and, um, I feel honored. I really, really, I was easy on you, Terry, because I really was going <laughs> to really give, I was really going to give it to you, to be honest with you, but uh, um, you, you, uh, you, you were such a joy to uh, to speak with, and um, I'm going to have to send you some heavy metal, some heavy metal, I'm going to send you some heavy metal uh, 
<laughs> heavy metal albums for you to learn the, the history of heavy metal. Maybe I'll, I'll mail you uh, a book so you can study all the bands in alphabetical <laughs> order. You need to know, look, you need to know the difference between ACDC and, um, and the Scorpions. I bet you probably don't even know those two bands. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Uh, no comment, oh no comment. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's oh too funny. God. It's I'm telling you, this it's conversation hilarious. and the, the one we had yesterday about the silver is just, I'm telling you, it's just, it was magic. I just loved it. I enjoyed that conversation so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To share with your listeners, um, we were talking about uh, beard dye. And everybody, especially friends of mine who are, you know, who are just coming into, back into contact with me after 40 years or 30 years, they go, oh, my God, Christian, you look great. You know, you're, I can't believe how good you look. And, you know, I tell everybody, well, you know, if I put a hat on, dog glasses, and some beard dye, I could stay in my 40s. You know, and, 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 and they're, all, they're all laughing because everybody who knows me knows I'm, I'm going to be 60. I'm not too far from. I'm not. I'm right around the corner from being 50, and uh, I'm blown. I'm blown away by that. By the way, I'm blown away well, that that I'm li- I'm doing what I'm doing at this time in my life. You know. Well, I still think you should let the silver come through. It's just part of life, and it's the priv- You know, just let it come through, and you'll be fine. <laughs> And by silver, I mean, let the gray come through on the beard. Just let the gray. This is what we were talking about yesterday, listeners, because he was talking about dyeing his beard. I'm like, just let the silver come through. Let it, just let the gray come in. You'll be fine. (laughs) That was a great conversation. I had so much fun with you yesterday talking about that. That was great. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Okay, so now my, what's on my agenda now is I'm going to release a heavy metal album called Chrome Dome. <laughs> it's going to be called Chrome Dome, and the title of the album is going to be called All Hail Silver. That's See, there and you I'm go. You, and, I, and I'm going to put you. I'm going to give you a credit on the album, man. You're going to have to get a songwriting credit somewhere. I don't know what it's going to be, but there you go. <laughs> See, that'll work. That will work. (laughs) All right. So um, Joshin says, I can only agree to everything Christian said about the show. Thank you, Joshin. You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Christian. Well, you have a great day. Stay safe out there and, you know, try and stay encouraged uh, with the music and all that. And hopefully things will turn around because this genre, smooth jazz, is my favorite genre. And um, I, I, for one, do not want to see it go away. So. Hopefully, you know, it can get saved somehow, some way. Well, please, please don't leave us, um, you know, do your best. If you, you really physically feel that you can't go on, try to find somebody to carry on your torch. Uh, do you have any children? I do. But she's not so in the What is she like? Have oh, she's more. <laughs> 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 you know. Like hip hop and R and B and you know she's not into jazz, so. Oh, you know what? When you talk, when you talk to her, tell her that you had a guest on your show that used to be uh, notorious Big's bodyguard. I I I was his bodyguard for uh, a show in Richmond, 
1998 with Junior Mafia with Little Kim. Wow. So really? So you, yes. Yeah, so you mention that to her, and she'll go, "Oh, really?" Then she'll be interested in uh, w- okay. what you're talking about. <laughs> Since you mentioned that, have you seen um, DJ Cassidy's "Pass the Mic" two, a volume two, where he has all of these um, hip hop legends singing on it? You got to check it out. It's really, really good. It's really good. It, what is it? Where is it on? Is it on television? Where is it? How do, I, how do I get it? DJ Cassidy. I will tag you in it. Yes, I will tag you okay. in it. Okay. So you can watch right. that. It's really good. All right. All right. Thank you again. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and close the show so we can get this song in. Um, thank you again, Christian. I really appreciate you coming on and giving me a chance to speak with you. Uh, Josh and, and Cool Jazz Cafe, Dave Oz and Ollie, thank you all for hanging out in the chat room as well. Um, my name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz, and I look forward to Talking Smooth Jazz with you again next time. From Christian's new release, They Call Me Big New York, this is Hispanica with Deborah Galen on vocals. Have a great day, everyone.
Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen, on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz, and visit the website TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Are you still there? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.